You have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You gotta touch, you have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You gotta be possessed with the dream. What's up, guys, and welcome to Straight From The Chess Podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I'm your host on this personal development and growth podcast. Listen, if you're new to the show, I just want to take this time. I want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. And if this is your second, third, or 150th time tuning back in, thank you for your continued listenership and support of the podcast. It means a lot to me. And if you haven't yet already, please subscribe to the channel. We're on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere if there are podcasts, we're likely there, all major platforms. And uh, we just started our YouTube, so please, please do me a favor and subscribe to that channel as well, straight from the chest. And um, as always, please do link the podcast to any of your social media platforms. If it's Instagram, at me at Justin Craig Roth, and I'll be sure to re-mention you in the stories. And uh, yeah, just please help to generate more awareness of the podcast, what we're doing here, the guests we have on, etc. Uh, it would mean a lot to me. So again, I appreciate your listenership and your support and your time. Thank you. But without further ado, I want to welcome back one of my friends, Vanessa Neverett. Thanks for coming back, baby. How are you? It's such a pleasure to be back, as always. You know that. <laughs> so, I mean, it's been, what, seven months since we last did the, well, the first podcast? Sounds about right. So what's changed? Because I know we spoke briefly I say briefly, but it was like a good 10 minutes and I kind of hated it because I, I was I wish that we had saved that authentic <laughs> call over the podcast. I try I try to not talk a lot when the guest gets here, but just for, for listeners so they understand because I want to save all the good stuff. I want to save everything in its authenticity yeah. for the listener. Um, but let's just let's start where we can and uh, we'll pick up kind of where we left off. But. You know, we'll also kind of review some things, I'm sure, from what we just talked about. But without anything else going in, you know, without saying anything else, I want you to first tell me kind of what's different well, this time around. Why don't we start off with what kind of we jumped into? <laughs> the elephant in the room. <laughs> the elephant in the room is I am pregnant for all of um, my viewers on my business page, Wholeness Health. And um, most of our family knows already. It's kind of been, you know, the elephant in the room. I don't, I haven't brought it up unless, you know, it comes up and it's been really nice because we've had some privacy. We've been able to really soak it in. And then when I see people, I get to tell them and it's really personal. So I really enjoyed that aspect of not fully announcing it to the social media world. Do you know if it's a girl or boy it's yet? It's a girl. And oh, we're halfway sweet. there. So oh, sweet. <laughs> we're excited. What's the workout? How have the workouts been since being pregnant? Um, I've lightened the load a little, but with the kind of husband I have, he, he'll push me if he knows it's in me. Um, we're safe, obviously. Um, I am getting more sleep. So not I'm lifting like three to four days a week still, five if I'm lucky and still hiking running has been cut down to like one to two and a half three miles but it's just all listening to my body right now what, what's your program like for your weight training um typically it's like a lower body day so usually two leg glute days and then upper body will be like you know shoulders and 
biceps or triceps and then back and you know we kind of just break it up I kind of been following um a few different leads I've worked with different coaches and then my husband I sometimes I just jump on his wagon and do whatever he's doing so sure and he's following some type of a split as well um yeah yeah he nice. goes much heavier, but <laughs> of course, yeah. Us men gotta live heavy as shit. Uh, that's awesome, man. And and I obviously see all your stories, or at least most of them. You had mentioned in a couple of your stories, right, that you had kind of let the cat out of the bag, and yeah. I obviously did not see those because when you told me, I was in shock. Like right when you told me, because I, for people that are listening and they're not viewing, you would never tell. Like you don't hold weight. At least you're not holding much weight since I didn't notice anything. And I'm my whole fucking job is based on the body. So and I didn't notice anything. And and maybe you hide it well. Maybe you just don't put on a lot of weight, you know, when you are pregnant. I don't know. But you didn't show any signs of that. So when you told me, I was like, what? Well, it was was your stares. Your stares got me. So I was like, (laughs) I'm out of breath. But um, a lot of people have said that and it's quite interesting because we view our bodies so differently, you know, like I'm my worst critic and I've actually been working on, um, you know, my business is wholeness health and it's all aspects of health. And so I've really been working on body image and how I view my body in this like season that I'm in because um, I feel like I've worked really hard to not necessarily change my body, but to become healthier and to feel good and to be confident in my walk. And so um, this time around, it's been very, I wouldn't say challenging, but I, I do catch myself like, what am I saying to myself? How do I feel? And my husband's been so supportive and like, he's just the sweetest to me. And he'll be like, okay, time to get you some closer, comfortable. Like, cause I'll be like, what the heck? <laughs> These don't fit me anymore. <laughs> it can be really frustrating, but I mean, when it comes down to it and you see those ultrasound pictures and you feel the baby, it's just, it's like none of that even really matters. You know, I'm taking care of myself the best I can. Uh, luckily at this time around, I'm craving a lot of raw foods. And so that's been really awesome. Cause I feel like a lot of what I learned in like holistic nutrition, I've been able to like see the change in myself and like how I feel and how I view food. Um, and then I feel like, you know, my experience will help other women, Um, whether it's being in the gym and knowing that like we are not like um, I mean always follow what your doctor says and everybody has their own we're all different to say the least but um we're not weak you know we aren't fragile amen to that we really are capable of a lot I mean we got to push this baby out you know I mean if you're having a natural birth um we can go down that whole road but you know, I, my hope is that it inspires other women. And so I will be, I mean, the cat's out the bag now, but I do hope that other women feel inspired and encouraged and, you know, have a sense of hope of like who they are and what we were created to do. And that's birth babies. And, you know, yes. And that's a, that's a, I can't even begin to tell you how much I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm exonerated from that role as a man. Cause I don't know how that would even, I don't know how that would go. That's ridiculous. So so praise you guys for that. Now for people that are meeting for the first time, what is wholeness health? Um, wholeness health is a juice business. So it started off, 
about two years ago now, maybe a little over two, um, during the pandemic, when we had the shutdown, I started making juices and delivered them, you know, with my kids in the car. Like we just were delivering all around five cities, um, Santa Maria, Napomo, um, a little bit in San Luis. And it's, it's, I took a holistic nutrition course, um, got that certification through the pandemic as well. Um, and it's really, you know, nutrition. I really just focus on like nutrition, movement, spiritual health, um, emotional, mental, like all of it. But I don't like, like I just dive as far as I can with myself in it. And then I just want to help other women and giving them a sense of like hope and connect, connecting with them. Really. That's like my major thing is always connection. Well, I think you're doing a really good job at it. And the thing is that by you leading by example, it's going to actively collect women in kind of a, a concerted effort towards you. Like they're going to gravitate towards you because there are not a lot of women that promote this specific, like the pregnancy walk, you know, and, and the whole journey that's and everything that's encompassed around being pregnant and still being active, still living a healthy life and not just going to McDonald's drive through every day. You know, there's a lot of things that by you actively displaying them on Instagram and living by example or, and, and leading that is going to be of massive utility to a lot of women that are going through the same thing. So I had a, I have a friend um, that she's a local of Santa Maria and has a fairly big following on Instagram. And she went down that path with her last pregnancy a few years back and I mean the amount of people that she's been able to impact in that local area and even probably extending out the area has been massive for her Mm -hmm. and it's been so gratifying for her that and it only just builds herself you know it's it's one of the most selfish things we can do by giving back to others you know and there's a direct reciprocity factor that's involved with that and you're, you're doing that. You're doing what you're doing is aiding in, in helping multiple women around the world. Well, whoever is on your Instagram and whoever has access to your Instagram, I mean, you're doing a, you're, 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 you're the efforts that you're putting into this are definitely helping people. And that is, you don't have to do that, you know? So by you extending that element of you, you're helping others, but it's also helping you in return because you're, you're able to, hear what it's doing to people through DMs or through comments, etc. And that's so uplifting for not only them, but for you too. I mean, I think it's the reason why people get involved with personal or service business, mm-hmm. service businesses, you know, because, and that's kind of what you do as well with juicing. I mean, a lot of the impetus behind juicing was to be able to communicate and conversate with people and, and bring more awareness of health to their lives and, showcase what this concoction of different fruits and vegetables can do for them on a chemical and cellular level. And that, and, and by that extension, you feel better because what you're giving this person is something of life, you know, and more people should engage in stuff like that, but they don't because, well, it's not as palatable as let's say ice cream (laughs) or pizza or something like that. So they will often take that route instead. But 
on the base level, you're doing so much, you know, and it just started from the business of, of juicing. Right. Mm -hmm. But now you becoming pregnant and you doing, look, many women become pregnant, but many women don't live active lifestyles with their pregnancy. And many women do not talk about it. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be, I'm sure times down the road here when you get further in your pregnancy where they're going to be shit days if there already haven't been shit days and you're going to not probably want to talk about those, but you're going to talk about them anyways. Cause if I know Vanessa, that's a transparent person that she is and she's going to talk about that and that those are going to be the really dynamite pieces of content that are going to help the people that are actually viewing you for the long haul in this pregnancy, in this term that you're, mm. you know, that you're immersed in right now. That's going to be really, really beneficial to them. And as you're saying that, I can't help but think about like my kids. Like I want to make sure I'm impacting them first and foremost more now than ever. Um, and so that's my hope too. You know, I, and I, I do believe it. I do believe me and my husband are doing a better job now than ever in how we, are walking out our life. Um, my daughter, I don't, I, I try not to do too much of them on my social media, just out of like respect for them. They're little people, you know? Um, and it's awkward when people know them, but they don't know them. So <laughs> we could go down that rabbit hole. Oh, and my daughter, she, she's a teenager and she doesn't really want to be like shared on there. And I totally like have learned, learned keyword to respect that. Um, but like for her, like seeing her join cross country and like, She's very athletic already and sometimes it's hard and she she keeps her commitments and follows through and I can't help but feel a sense of like gratitude that she's very active at a young age because I know when I was her age, I was not doing the things she was doing. You know, I may have wished I could have, you know, I didn't have um, the upbringing to provide that, but just watching her, you know, she I did have a, a shit day. <laughs> I we went for a family run and everyone outran me and um, I was kind of bummed because but also, you know, on the brighter side, I was like so proud of my daughter and then seeing her run with dad. I was like, that's just so cool. Like, look at them, you know, as I'm struggling getting up that hill. Yeah, <laughs> but well, at I the mean, end, as you should be struggling. We all made it, you know, so it was good. But um, yeah, my hope is to definitely impact if if it's not if my home isn't our home isn't benefiting and like gaining then we're not do, we're missing something there if everyone else on the outside is getting something from me or or from me and my husband and you know we're helping others or being an example it's one thing but it needs to happen i've learned it needs to happen in our home first and so that's been like very important and i have kind of not fell off the grid but things have been a little slower in business um, I'm not as active on there as I was at one point. Um, and I think that's because I'm just, I'm really honing in on a lot of healing and then just being available to my family. You know, they, it's a, almost six year old and a teenager, you know, starting high school and so, and being pregnant and so, and my husband. So I feel like I'm learning how to prioritize my time and what's really important and that's like usually what's right in front of me you know yeah you mentioned having the most impact on your kids like that was really important to you and I mean so that that takes me to a question I have for you when you were young 
what was the most impactful for you with adults? Something that you heard or something that you were shown? Meaning how they acted, how they moved in life, or what they said to you? So we'll we'll go impacted in a positive way first. That's what I mean by yeah. that. Yes, because that's um, where you're that's what you want for your children. There have been many women like I have there's a group of women like I could list them off. It could make me cry that have been there that have showed up when I didn't have anything or anyone um, when I thought I was alone when you could call them mamas, you could call them mentors, you could call them coaches. But um, I wouldn't say it's been one thing. It's been the act of showing up. Again, that connection um, has been like so important with other women. Like that's the only, that's the simplest way I could do it. There hasn't been like one instance or one person. Right. But the, the act of, so the action from them has been the thing that's, cause you to be a better person and navigate your life better right it wasn't from what they said it was first how they deployed their actions so as as youth or adolescents or mature beings we operate generally speaking best when we see it performed in front of us Hmm. not from what the person says you know that whole notion of Or that saying, actions speak louder than words. You know, you can say you're everything, but the way you move tells me something completely different. And that is almost imperative in your own walk, your own navigation in life. If you are not led by example, you're likely not going to follow suit. But the thing that's going to be most impactful is leading Mm -hmm. by example. So that takes me to your children. As me as a child, I only saw what my dad did. I only saw what, what how my mom moved and how my dad moved in life. I ne- I mean, yes, I heard them, but what made much more of an impact and kind of cemented itself in my neural pathways in terms of how I interface with the world was how they moved and what they did action wise. Hmm. they didn't need to tell me don't do drugs I mean they did obviously the dare program was big back when we were in in, in fucking school (laughs) but they didn't need to shove it down my throat they just they were normal about it but I never saw any of that in my household Hmm. and I wanted to emulate the only people I look up to at that point in my life which it still stands is the only people I look up to But it wasn't because they just said something and did something else. It's because of the way that they acted and the way they moved in life and how they oriented themselves in their own household that led me to follow suit. So that's a long way to way of saying you're impacting your children in the positive sense because you're leading by example. It's more important that you act accordingly and that you showcase what it is in your actions to your kin Mm -hmm. so that they follow suit apart from you just saying things because that's only going to go so far, right? 
Yeah. Words only impact you so much. Unless they're negative words, then that's, you know, if the, if the tongue dispenses with something that's very sharp, well, then that will likely bruise the person internally for quite a while. But I'm assuming you're not doing any of that shit. So it's like, it's only the, the positive end that we're speaking of here. Yeah. But you're doing that. You're going to impact them. So don't question yeah. if you're impacting, because if you're following suit with your own by and leading by example, you absolutely unequivocally are. Hmm. I guess it feels a little maybe new just because, and again, I've heard you, I listen to all your stuff. And so I've heard the way you talk about your family and your dad and, you know, that's amazing. That's amazing. Like I, I admire that. Um, you know, I've heard that and I've been like, dang, like kind of wish I had that, but I don't, I didn't, you know, and that's, and that's okay now because I've learned to accept where I come from and what my experience was, which I'm sure there are people again, when I talk about this stuff, it's not, it's not for myself necessarily. It's for the one person that I hope hears it. The one person that I hope it resonates with them or they don't feel so alone or they don't feel so different or they think like they have some sort of hope, you know. Um, but growing up, it looked very different for me. Like everything you're saying, probably the opposite. <laughs> and so including the drug thing, it's like I heard that at D.A.R.E., but I didn't know what that really meant. You know, it's like. You don't know until you know. And again, not to like throw my parents under the bus. They they just did the best that they could with what they had, you know. And today I can have some compassion and some understanding. And I can probably love them a lot deeper now than I did before because of my own healing. Um, and I don't say that lightly because it's been a very long road. Um been a very long road and a lot of healing of like stuff that I've seen growing up you know I didn't see the right things um or the healthy things or the proper things whatever word you want to put there but I do know that I was still very loved and protected you know um and that's why I'm here today you know and I, I that's why I do credit a lot of those women that have been in my life that have shown up and have connected with me and loved on me because I could barely love myself at one point you know and this is talking about a very young age like at a very young age a little girl you know and like the healing that I've been walking through sometimes I like have sat back in the in the process of things and been like that little girl just wants to be loved and that's like okay you know um and again, I don't say any of that lightly because it's it's a lot of personal stuff, obviously, to share. But I do know that there is like the other side, you know, and like we're talking about like my children, like I am having an impact on them, a positive impact, you know. Um, and so like there is the other side to that, like it is possible. And I do hope that like other people know it is possible you know, we don't have to live in our brokenness forever. You know, it's a, it's a choice. And um, I'm just very grateful that I've been able to make that choice to live differently and walk differently and 
create a life that I know I deserve, you know? So what was the impetus behind wanting to change? Um, I've messed up a lot, you know, in my marriage and my family with my kids. I've been far from perfect. Um, and it came to a place of surrendering, surrendering myself, you know, um, I, I'll humbly and honestly say I've been a very selfish person, you know, and coming to realize that's not who I am and who I want to be came to like coming to an end of myself, like, like literally driving on the road on the freeway. I, and I remember the feeling of just like, I just was like bawling and I was being resistant of, you know, I, I listen to worship music. That's like one of my main things. I used to love country. I loved rap, like all of that, a little bit of everything. Um, but worship music is where my heart is. It just is. That's where I feel deeply. I connect. I find joy in that. I've talked about that before with like my juicing. You know, when I juice, I have worship music going. Um, but remember driving on the freeway and just coming to the end with my of myself and just the the way I was. You know, the way I was walking out my life, just I, I didn't want to do it anymore. You know, I got on the phone with someone to ask for help and guidance. And it was hard because it was like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what was going to happen in my marriage and my family and my life, you know, without going into details. But I did know, I do know when I know a lot of this by um, my husband's own walk of when you reach out to people who you know are there for you, they're going to help you. When you reach out and just ask for that help, they're going to help you. You know, and that has been such an important thing for me too in my life of, of asking for help. I can be very prideful and like stubborn because I'm like, as born like I got it, you know, because nobody else, did, my parents didn't, you know. I didn't feel protected. I didn't feel safe growing up. You know very much abandoned and so I had to grow up and be like I got it I got it me I got me and my sisters I got it that was my motto my whole youth like growing up you know my 20s I got it I got it the groceries you want to help me bring them in no thank you I got it like <laughs> you know I can do it all and I just it never did me any good so why did you, you know? adopt that specific motto though why yeah. uh, that I got it mm -hmm. um a lot of things you know growing up and seeing a lot of damage in my own home like my parents my the way they were living um they just weren't living a very healthy way um so was it a survival tactic yeah survival you know was I there was an afraid element of like my dad um who I love dearly you know now um oh I always have but more now than ever um so a lot of fear you know we were we were evicted many times you know we never really had stability um both my parents have struggled with addiction you know and I don't again I don't talk about that lightly either because my husband you know he's a recovering alcoholic you know so addiction is like major around me and that's came with a lot 
you know, a lot of bad experiences, but like now to sit here and to see the other side, it's just like, I don't know. I don't think I would change it. I really don't. I don't think I would be the person that I am today and who I like want to be. I think it would look a lot different. Mm. Um, you know, I know what hard work is. I know, I know a lot of things because of what I didn't receive when I was younger. And I'm okay with that. And again, like I love my parents dearly, even I just have an understanding and the compassion part, you know, sorry. Um, but yeah, sorry. I haven't stopped to breathe. No, (laughs) I love it. And I'm sure the listeners love it. What you mentioned surrendering everything. So what does that look like? How does somebody surrender everything? Um, well, for me, it looked like basically crying out to God. You know, I can't do this alone anymore. I don't want to do this. I need help. Like, barely remembering the drive home because I just was like so, like, at that end. It's hard to explain because everything inside of me, it's like I... I have been pouring into other people and pouring into things while the bottom of myself is just leaking, just leaking, just broken, just leaving a trail of mud in like the most important places in my home, in my relationships, just leaving mud for them to follow and walk through with me. That's so unfair, you know, so just being so sick and tired of of not being able to be who I was created to be. And I still don't fully know who that is, you know? Yeah, welcome to the club. (laughs) But I do know that I am worth it, you know? I do know that I'm loved. I do know that I'm secure. I do know that I'm safe. I do know that I'm protected. Like, I know all these things now. And I, although I practice saying them daily, before I was like, I I don't want to live. I'm not worth it. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. You know, yeah, I was going to the gym. I was eating healthy. I was learning. Started a business. But like deep inside, there's just so much that was just hurting and broken. And nothing could fix. No money could fix that. The way the business started off booming great, it didn't fix it. You know, um... There's just nothing that could fix that. I think it for me, it had to come in a spiritual way. It had to come from something that I couldn't see. Um, and that's hard to explain. But for me, I know it when I feel it. And like I said, I've felt it in worship. I've felt it with people and ministry. I felt it in connection. Even when I've connected with other entrepreneur women. And they, some of those women have turned out to be some of the closest to me and I don't even, we haven't known each other very long, but we can connect on a level where we openly will say, hey, can you pray for me? Like, hey, we'll voice text, I love you all the time. There's no room for gossip. There's no room for any of that like garbage anymore. It's just so far gone and I I want to continue to practice this life where it doesn't come where I don't have those doors open. Well, that's the that's the gold statement right there. 
the, what you just said, you have to practice having these doors being shut because you're not, I'm not, no one is above temptation. No one is above delving into their cardinal desires. No one is above that. Even if you think that you've got a, a got a cinch on it for a, and have for a year, year and a half, two years, it'll still find its way to creep in some way or another. So the fact that you're continuously practicing, keeping the lock on those doors, that's major. And that's going to lend itself to help you in the future. Because I can assure you that these, that these voices or these temptations rather, whatever, whatever you want, whatever frame you want to put them in, they will reemerge mm-hmm. for sure. And they will try to kick you off track for sure. So by you practicing keeping that lock on the door and essentially becoming more and more resilient to those temptations, that's going to bode in your favor exponentially. Yeah, I believe it. So that's and a, I, that's a great thing that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. I, I believe it. And I, I believe there's also the accountability factor, you know, of like my husband, we check in with each other. How are you doing? Not like, how are you doing? Like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Like we can read each other and we've given each other permission to be like, like, do we need to talk? Like, like what's going on here? And we've vowed, like, we don't do a dance, a certain dance anymore, you know, and it's a dance. You can, you can say it's in a friendship, in a relationship, at work, whatever. It's a dance that doesn't serve anyone, you know, whether it's a fight, whatever. It can look however you want to put it. It's just, it's, it's insanity. It doesn't serve anyone. Um, but accountability, you know, we have very very dear spiritual parents now who we like lean into like who we're around is just very very important especially right now like the last year has been you know it's been healing it's been like trying to find a new way a new marriage culture a new home like how we want how do we want our home what do we want that to look like because all we really ever knew is what we don't want and but we were still creating what we didn't want it just looked different because we didn't know any different um and so now it's definitely we look at like what we're around who we're around what we're doing what we listen to what we watch and it's crazy because once you're aware of it it's really hard you know even to be honest certain things we've watched we're like uh we've tried watching it again now like it could be a movie or something you know and it's like, oh, we probably shouldn't really watch that. Like, it's not going to serve us, you know. Um, so it's a lot of different things. And I know it's going to, we're not going to have it all right off the bat because nobody does. I do believe it's going to be a continuous process, a continuous way we're walking out our life, um, a way that I want to walk out my life. And certain things may, you know, go wayside for a little bit. Like I said, my business has, you know, slowed down for me. Um but that's also been, you know, I am being halfway through my pregnancy. I've given a lot of, I've entrusted my husband a lot in like our finances and the direction of our family, which I didn't before. You know, I'm now like 
really honestly encouraging him and I want him to go after his dreams and what he wants to do and how he provides for our family and like before I couldn't let go of that control there was too much fear financial insecurity like I got to make sure I do it for me and so that has been like a major big thing for me in walking in faith because I can't see that I can't see it happen like instantly it's gonna take time but I have I do you know feel a sense of like gratitude and I'm happy that I've been able to like work through that and like that's his role as a husband as a father to provide and protect and all of these things yeah I didn't see it growing up so I didn't you know I didn't know what that meant for him to like walk that out and so now I can really encourage him and like speak that over him um Danny's gonna love this (laughs) what I'm gonna say right now the biggest and most best thing you can do for a man is to pedestalize his masculinity. Let me say that again. Pedestalize masculinity because masculinity is the thing that's going to protect you. Masculinity is going to be the thing that's going to continuously provide even when times are arduous when it's when he has to and it's just everything is against him you pedestalizing his masculinity is going to cause him to want to fight dragons that he likely on his own wouldn't want to fight but when you women don't understand this i'm not saying all women with the whole tox masculinity thing they're conflating tox masculinity and regular provisional protective masculinity as the same not the case masculinity in and of itself is a great thing it's the reason why we have plumbing houses cars streets buildings etc and go on why wouldn't you want that you do mm-hmm. so i know from experience That when a woman pedestalizes my masculinity, it makes me innately want to level up. It's the most loudest form of encouragement you could give a man is by pedestalizing his masculinity. And I'm not saying like, oh, good job on mowing the lawn, babe. No, it's not (laughs) what I'm saying. Okay. When you support his dreams, when you support the things that embody him as a man, it makes him automatically want to meet those expectations that you're putting on him. Mm-hmm. So if you want the best man, pedestalize his masculinity. What you would argue that what you were doing prior was emasculating him. Probably. Not probably, not probably. Yeah. I mean, unless Danny's here to defend, I mean, I'm going to answer for him. Maybe I shouldn't do that. That's kind of arrogant. But I would go on a limb and I would say that that specific, that by extension, you not allowing him to take the burden financially to assume the burden in other regards, possibly as well. It was placing him in a position that a he's not biologically 
and chemically set up to adopt. And that is only going to further ground him in a position that he's again, not, not wired to, to assume the role of like he's wired to assume the protector provisionary role, Mm -hmm. whether or not a man does it. That's how that motherfucker's wired. I'll give you an example. When you guys are in the bed late at night, sleeping sound, three in the morning, hmm, there's a ruckus down below. Somebody's trying to break in your fucking house. The man naturally has the proclivity to get the fuck out of bed, grab whatever weapon he needs, and go confront the threat. Whether or not he's shaking, whether or not he has any apprehension, he feels that's his duty. And correct me if I'm wrong, you as the woman also feel that's his duty. I agree. So would you omit him from that specific role? Mm -mm. So that carries on in multiple avenues of the masculine feminine play here mm-hmm. for lack of a better word totally agree. so you're doing an awesome i mean i'm not trying to i'm not grading you or anything no, like I that know. it's not maybe it comes across like that forgive me if that's how it comes across mm-hmm. but i just see from the way you're illustrating things the way it probably was seen on his end of the spectrum and again he's not here to defend so i could be absolutely wrong on this and he could correct me later <laughs> if i'm not I'm, I'm i'm open to that but just as knowing men, being a man, that specific element of pedestalizing the man, not in a, not in a, not in a sense like you're better than me, but I, I love the role that you have in my life, in our family's life. And I pedestalize it because it's such a tumultuous role. I mean, both of our roles are tumultuous and when we come and merge together, we create a beautiful thing mm-hmm. called marriage. However, I know your burden as a man to become something that otherwise is the underpinning to your identity is massively important to you. So I'm going to pedestalize that because and support it, quote unquote, because I know that's going to be the thing that's going to cause you to level up on your own. And he will. And I will. Like if I, when I have a woman in my life that does that for me, it is insane. The level of like the chemical shift my brain takes. And it's also insane. The chemical shift my brain takes when she's not that way. Mm. I want to run from that woman when she's not that way. (laughs) I want to run and I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want to have anything really to do with her. But obviously, this is not about me. This is about you and your situation. And I think that that's just, it's a long-winded way of saying it's an awesome thing that you're doing with him and for you and your relationship, etc. Everything, it all pairs very, very handsomely together. We're working at it, you know. (laughs) You, uh, so... You had mentioned upstairs and I told you that I'm going to have to bring this up because this is a good conversation. What you mentioned upstairs was your 
or I asked you, I think something to the effect of what made you change? And it was, and you mentioned like your walk with God, your spiritual walk, etc. And I had somewhat of a counter, but not necessarily a contentious counter. It was just like, have you thought about this? So first give some context to the listeners. When I, when I asked you that, what was it in pertainment to? I'm like, we went off on a few different ways. So what was like the overarching <laughs> <Pregnancy> thing? brain. <laughs> okay. So let's, let me try to fill it in here for what you can't remember. I can't even really remember that well, but I'm not even pregnant. What the fuck? <laughs> so I, I think I said you were saying like, I basically you found God to yeah. some, you know, to some connotation. We'll just anchor it on that. You know, you found God. I feel like I've been saved again. Saved again. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. And, and I had, I had rebuttaled that, well, you were always saved. You just weren't necessarily practicing. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a lot of people that do that. And, yeah. and there's throughout seasons of their life, they're, they're saved. Like the foundation of who they are is saved. Absolutely, but they might not be practicing and they might fall into desires that maybe otherwise take them off course or what have you. So you were you were saying that I'm I feel like I'm basically I'm practicing more now. I'm be, and this is the thing that I question with not just you but everybody. And I even question it with myself. So I'm not you know, I don't have impunity with this either. I question is it really God? And this is going to like fucking blow people's minds that are hearing me for the first time. Because if you know that if you, well, I, not for the first time, but if you know me, you know, I'm, I'm religious mm-hmm. and I'm, or I'm, I believe in God. I believe in, I believe in the the, the Trinity. I believe in God, etc. I'm saved as well. Got saved when I was 16. This is back when I was 16, since 16. So 21 years. 20, yeah, 21 years. Fuck. That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> I hate dating myself. Uh, fuck it. YOLO. Anyways, so. You got this. <laughs> so I was, I was, I am that person. I am God oriented, etc. But in the personal development space, since starting the podcast and, and since not just the, the, the advent of the podcast, but the what's dispensed in the podcast and what I do to have a better understanding of the message that I want to dispense with when I, when I do solo sessions, because when I do guests and I just incorporated the guests, not like it may not even a year ago, I was doing solo sessions up until, I don't know, like I had lots of episodes, hundreds of episodes. So that's caused me to do some solo independent reflecting and sort of circumvent my situation the best I can based on the circumstances that I'm in. And that doesn't look like going to seek therapy. That doesn't look like going to counsel with my friends and telling them, Hey bro, I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm, you know, and being vulnerable with them or et cetera. No, it's been like me sitting down on that couch or my couch upstairs and just sitting with myself. And the more that I've done that, 
And also, I will add talking to God in the interim of everything as well. Mm. But I would add that when I do these things, I'm questioning more, is it really leveling everything on this entity called God or is it just the fact that I've developed more focus towards the specific aim that I want to reach? Because we talked about this upstairs, but faith, we talk about faith, having faith. You just got, when times are tough, you got to have more faith. And that's essentially you advocating for things that are of, of benevolence that are not yet here, but that are to come. That you, that I'm paraphrasing what faith is, but that's sort of, you know, to some degree what it is. Mm-hmm. You not being able to physically see it yet, but believing that it's there when it's not yet there. Some to that effect. Or is it just you being disciplined and staying the focus towards that specific end goal or aim that you're in until you see it, you know, turn into something that's prosperous for you or you get you get you end up getting something you end up getting to the end of that goal like until it becomes it bears fruit which one is it because it's really nebulous to just and rather short-sighted to just toss everything on god and say well i'm only here because god well what about what god put in you to get you there Because he gave us all these magnificent brains that we don't even fully understand the the extent of in terms of their neural pathways and how how we connect and orient ourselves through life with our brain, etc. Like we understand a lot, but we don't understand. It's like the ocean and we understand 90, 95% of what's out there. Or I'm sorry, 5 or 10% of what's out there, but 90, 95% is unfucking charted. That's a lot. So I don't, I'm not saying it's tantamount to the brain, but that's sort of, sort of aligned. Like the brain is so uncharted in so many spectrums. Mm. Why would we leave that on the table just because we can't define it? We can't understand it to the fullest extent. What degree of this is us and what degree of it is God and what, and are we just rather tossing it to the entity because it's the societal, the, the more politically correct thing to do when you're a religious person. Hmm. Like, what is it? It's a good question. And it's hard. It's hard to, because uh, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and say, this is all me. Because I do believe that God has saved me from certain things that have happened in my life that could have otherwise knocked me out of the running completely. And I'm sure you have had similar experiences. But when you say have faith, isn't it like saying, just be more perseverant. Just be more disciplined towards a thing that you really can't get out of your, that you really cannot exonerate yourself from. Because if you did, you feel like a piece of your identity is gone. Hmm. So which one is it? Or is it just... Or is, look, God put this person in my path or is it your brain oriented yourself around that person because of what your focus is? And we understand the RAS, the reticular activating system, to do that, 
to orient itself around things that are familiar towards that goal that you place in your mind. So which one is it? Is it really God or is it just what God placed inside of you, which is that really complex brain that's capable of so much that we don't even comprehend. We can't comprehend or understand yet. Jeez. We talked about the, the, the RAS as an example of the reticular activating system. An example of this is when you buy a car that you haven't yet owned, let's say it's a Toyota, a Camry, whatever you buy that car. Now you start to notice that Camry everywhere. Well, was it just that people were copying you and buying that car after you bought it or was those things always around you, but you never understood it because your focus wasn't on those Camrys in the first place. But now because you own it, your brain tries to connect the familiarity around it. The brain is going to connect the familiar things that are surrounding it. And so that's why you now can spot out those Camrys. Mm. Those Camrys in red were always there. But now they're detected by you because you have a red Camry. So it's that is kind of analogous to or can be to our pursuit, our aim, our focus, whatever you want to call it. Is it God placing these people, opportunities, etc., in our life? Or is it because we're steadfast with the fucking pursuit and the aim that our brain naturally draws connectivity towards said things that are analogous to our pursuit. And then we attract those things. And then we naturally now have those as opportunities or stepping stones towards our pursuit. Could you say it was both? I mean, I guess you can, you can say anything. You can say we live in a clown world and <laughs> we're all clowns. I mean, you can say anything. Well, because God gives us discernment, you know? Does he give like, us a sermon? Is that factual or does, or we, do we adopt discernment based on data that we've experienced or collected from the past? I mean, is discernment a quality that we grow into or comes with wisdom? Mm-hmm. Like we grow into and comes with wisdom or is it something that we're born with? Yeah. I would, I would say that people that are apprehensive based on certain experiences that they've deemed threat threatening would have better discernment in the future because look, they've been burned so many times. Now they're cautious about being burned a seventh or eighth time because they've been burned six times prior. So now they have more discernment towards incoming experiences or incoming people because they're trying to ascertain whether that's a threat or not. So they have better discernment, more careful, more careful discernment towards that said experience or person yeah there's a lot there and when you say when you bring up faith you know i think of a few instances just for me recently that it's just so hard for me to not like give credit to god it's so hard for me to not like just give him that glory like it's really hard (laughs) i'm like uh it still points back at him and that's just for me in my experience obviously but, um, yeah, multiple times I've encountered situations like where I could have otherwise been severely hurt or 
burned or, and it was just spontaneous. Like I had no way to counter it in the time that I had, I meaning I couldn't, I couldn't deviate from the threat. I didn't have enough time and I automatically default to thanking God automatically mm. because in that particular moment, I don't know what else it would have been. Yeah. So that's exactly how I hear you. Like I understand for I just constantly question. I guess I don't constantly. That's a that's a lie. I don't constantly question. I just question it occasionally because. And I likely will never find the answer. And maybe it's an answer that shouldn't be or a question that shouldn't be answered. Rather, mm-hmm. it's just something that exists. And I guess we'll know when we die and. Yeah. We either end up meeting God or we don't. I mean, none of us really know. What's up there? And I don't really think it's, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not up for debate. I'm not really one to debate. I love to just hear perspective and yeah, I yeah, love to learn from others. But um, I think it all really goes back to that personal experience, you know, for that one person. They only know what they walked through, what they went through, yeah. you know. So I feel like it's so hard to, yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, I yeah. love it. I love it. I love hearing you talk. Um, I mean, I listen to you when I'm at the gym. So <laughs> I'm like, I've heard some of this before. But um, yeah, even going back to faith, I had just a massive breakthrough myself just recently. My dad had went missing. Um, he's been having a really hard time and he went missing. And for... We, everyone's just been like praying about it pretty much, you know. Um, and a group of men got together, like 15 plus men prayed the next day he was found. And just the way it happened, the way it was laid out, it just, there's no other explanation for it. Like, but in those moments, I remember feeling like I need to go out and find him. I need to go out and do something like the insanity of it, because of course, all his loved ones want to find him. Like, that's the goal, to find him, get him the help he needs, like, love on him, you know? And for me, it was a massive step in faith to stay back, to not do a lot of the things I wanted to. And a big part of that was being pregnant. I am very mindful of my body. I'm very mindful of, like, a lot of my emotion. I don't want to carry that onto the baby. Like, I'm this pregnancy has been completely different and I'm just so much more aware of myself in all different ways. But, um, it was a big leap of faith to like, you know, break down in the bathroom to my husband and tell him like, I'm just so sad. Like, I'm so sad that my dad, we don't know where he is and he's alone. And I can't even imagine what that feels like to be like, I see homeless on the street. Like my heart hurts for them, but like, to know your own father is out there. It just brought a whole nother level of sadness that I just, I wanted to go find him and like just bring him home and like make him feel loved. And it just, that moment I had to tell my husband, I'm just really sad. And I know there's nothing I can do except give it to God. Like I know God's got him. I know he's going to be found. And my husband went to that prayer uh, meeting and he too was like, you know, I need to be with my family. Like we have stuff with our kids, like, you know, but I'm going to go to that tonight. And so I was like, that's fine. Like, I want you to do whatever you feel 
is fitting. Um, Because that night they had a whole search team out for him and everything. Um, But for me, then that coming back to like they found him the next day. And then I got to see my dad that neck that same day and love on him and hug him and see him. It like deepened that faith for me and my personal relationship with like God. Like, okay. Like, and I'm not saying that's going to happen every time, but why, why wouldn't I? Like, why shouldn't I? You know, um, and that's just for me and where I'm at in my walk. Um, yeah, I feel like faith has been, my faith has been really stretched and tested. And that's one thing I've always struggled with. Why I've just kind of felt like, oh, I don't got to give it. I don't got to take that to God. I don't want to give this up. Very in myself. Um, but it's just not fun. It doesn't feel good. You know, it's just insanity. It's crazy. What if things went the opposite direction and they didn't find them? And have you played that card? How, Um, what, what, that would test your faith in, you know, an exorbitant, an exorbitantly different way. No, yeah. I mean, it had been two weeks of like turning it over to him, turning it over to him day and night, being afraid, being scared day and night. I, you know, there were times where I was like, I don't, I don't want to get that phone call. Like, oh, that yeah. something was, I don't want to get that phone call. And I kept having to turn it over, turn it over. My husband would pray. Family was praying like. And for me, again, it was just leaning into that. But like, thank God and God forbid anything happen, happened or happens, you know, because we're talking like we don't know the future. Um, well, we don't. I still have to like, I still have to lean in. Like I, I, and that goes with any loved one, really, when we sit here and talk, any loved one, myself, like I still have to like try my best to lean in. And I'm sure there'll be times when I don't want to. I'm sure there'll be times when I when I don't. But I'm I want to remember those moments where, you know, God God has been faithful in like that particular situation with me. Um, in my marriage, you know, I had my I turned to a friend and things just weren't weren't going the best, to simply say. Um And she was like, I'm praying for your marriage. No matter what, I am rooting for your marriage. Like, she was just like that friend, like that person I needed to talk to in that moment. Like that very moment was very clear. I needed to have a phone conversation with her. And this was like an out of the moment conversation, pulled over at a park to talk to her. Not like a planned one. Um... Her parents ended up being the ones who are ministering, who have helped our marriage, like who we have literally been able to now create a new marriage culture for our family. And like not just my family, like for my for generations, because everything like I've been talking about has not been modeled to us. The way we want to walk and like our hope and what God has for us has not been modeled. 
And so we are like now going to be able to bring that to like the new generations, like down our family line and be like, this is this is what it is. This is how it is. And hopefully just like, you know, you only know what you know that hopefully that'll be what they know and they won't know what it's like to feel like unsafe and abandoned and all those ugly things, you know? Yeah, you're you're instilling a new model. Exactly, exactly. But again, I can't help but you know, as we talk about this, to just bring it back to God for me, and and again, that's my personal walk and um, where I'm at. But well, I mean, yeah. Either way, I mean, whether whether they're spiritual people listening to this or atheists listening to this, I mean, the fact is that you can respect that divulging illustration of your life mm-hmm. that you can you can respect that 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 is where this person is at you and they're 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 leading with their best foot forward and they're they're actively changing they made a decision to change you've made a decision to change and that's really what was essentially the catalyst behind your growth your desire to change and be different and be better and instill a new model for your kids because as you said yourself it's not it's not well you didn't say this exactly but it's not really just about you it's about your kids i mean that's i know what you're trying you were illustrating that though it's mm-hmm. that's it's about your kids too and it's not just right now the the marriage of of Danny and Vanessa it's it's your marriage what example you can lay out for your kids when they get married and what they're going to lay out for their kids etc and it goes on down the line but you were the one to possibly break the dysfunction mm-hmm. you know in your family I don't know your family tree but I'm based on what you grew up in I mean you broke it with that you could have kept it going Right. And you had the strength in order or the requisite strength prior to be able to do something like that. Whereas a lot of people just would have called it quits. A lot of people would have just been like, you know, gone this far and I clearly haven't shaped up yet. It's looking pretty, pretty grim, my future. So Mm. let me just collect my belongings and you know go elsewhere start another life elsewhere multiple families do that like multiple families are broken as a result of that being the parents decision but that wasn't your decision and you made a conscious decision to be different for you not only you and your and Danny but your kids and whether whatever that's anchored on whether it's god whether it's your own disciplines whatever it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. it's it's here it's a reality and so that in of itself is a is a massive win that's a that's a that's such a humble state to be in and grateful state to be in and and it's and it only is going to perpetuate itself in terms of the example to other people And other people are going to be able to benefit from your story. If you didn't come out the way you are, 
you'd kind of just been levied to a statistic mm-hmm. of women that and or rather marriages that divorce and don't make it and you just would have added to the uh to the dysfunctional equation yeah. you know and nothing so nothing changes until it was the whole like nothing changes until i change right you know well how did how did danny help you in all of this <laughs> cuz i know he was He'll a big know helper. why i'm laughing <laughs> he's a big helper cuz he's been so phenomenal and um we've had this talk many times and he has let me write out my course and whatever that looks like and that by saying that is he has been not controlling not like he's just let me write out my course he's let me fall and hit my face he's let me do all of that but has also loved me he's he's a man of grace like so much grace um yeah and he and for like in our overall in the overall picture like he made the decision almost it'll be eight years I believe um to get sober and that totally like is what really like shifted everything when he made that decision to get sober it shifted everything it took me a lot slower to like catch on I just had to I had to go where I had to go first you know and but for him, you know, he's set quite the example for many years and has continued to trudge through even when he was struggling. Like he still he still showed up, you know, he still showed up in all the ways and is very he walks very you, like certain words I could put to him are, you know, very humble, humility, like grace, strong, like he just he really walks the walk and when he's having a hard time he's very quick to like to like admit it you know he's very quick to admit when he's having a hard time or when he's at fault for something even the little things you know um but I would say that he is definitely like the backbone of our family and where it's going and like just the the whole direction has shifted because of him um but understanding now like we both needed to get right here in our relationship with God so we could be better here um that's been our major thing um if that sums it up at yeah all. does that did that a question for you did that make you did that change your feelings towards him when he started to adopt that role of strength more so than he was once in prior did that kind of shift your, I don't want to say attraction, but did that shift your affinity for him? Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I've told him like, I didn't think I could love someone more, you know, but I, I do. I love him. Like I was telling you earlier, like I can't wait to get home and see him, you know? Um, whereas before I was so concerned about myself. And so like, I love my husband and I say that and like, I, I like, feel it now um it's just taken a long road to get to a place where like it's healthy you know the healthy aspect again we can eat all the healthy foods do all the training but there's something about that deep inner part all those those demons those skeletons that all that the past hurts 
all that stuff that if you just you take it on with you I don't know what to tell you but <laughs> it's not gonna serve you how you do know? you propose people get themselves right when they have these they're trying to work out these demons in their lives just keep seeking out help keep seeking out help I mean for me for us I mean Danny's in a, a, a we'll call it a 12-step program um, we've found different ministries we've we are not how do I say this right now we're kind of going where the where the spirit leads that's how I put it that's how I say it at home um, as far as like churches we don't believe it's like a certain building or a certain anything we're just going where we feel pulled um, and right now it's been wonderful like to go that route for our family and where we're at in our season um, for me it's been surrounding myself with like the right woman you know just honestly it's been being vulnerable it's taken a lot of vulnerability um, but when I look back at my previous relationships with like girlfriends they weren't healthy and it was no one's fault it just I wasn't a healthy person I didn't know how to be a good friend whereas today like it's different but that's been a lot of that inner work I talk about um, so I would just I would tell I mean people can reach out to me on my Instagram if someone were like hey like can you share your story with me can you help me like or if they need to just let out something I'm happy to just listen you know um, I don't always have to be the one saying what someone needs to do sometimes someone just needs to talk about it and like release that you know to find some sort of like to not be so bound to those like chains of feeling like you're just being suffocated to that stuff whatever it is whatever the sin whatever that ugly thing that's hiding inside of you it doesn't matter like you're not any less of a human um and I say that because I've seen both ends of it for myself for people I love and at the end of the day I feel like we're honestly just all doing our best with what we have and the more tools we have I feel like the better chances we have at giving ourselves like the opportunity to have that life that we that we can have is how yeah, that's it. wonderfully said that's wonderfully said do you feel like you're called to a higher purpose apart from just the juice business that's what it seems like to <laughs> that's me it's funny you say that because we were just talking about i listen to your podcast um you know the plan a and not having like a plan b um and i was telling danny i was like you know i feel like we have all these sub A's, you know, and like, you God, listen to that God ha yeah. And God has like the plan A for us. Like, we don't know what that's going to look like. And we have different things. We're like, you know, um, dreaming about planning, working towards, we have a growing family. Um, but we do both believe like God has the ultimate plan A. It's not going to fall in our lap. But we know that if we keep doing the work, keep doing, my husband will say, I have to give credit to his words, <laughs> um, the next right indicated thing. If we keep doing that next right indicated thing, you know, the thing in front of us, then, you know, it's going to present itself in time. Um, things have already kind of opened up that we were like, oh, seen that coming. Like, it's been a God thing. And um, we're just like, okay, like, you know, we don't know what or how it looks, how things look, but we just know that 
there's something that he has that's bigger than what either one of us can like imagine um and it's not really in a sense of like I know I know finances will come like that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about like purpose like serving others loving others um yeah really that that's more of like what I'm talking about not an actual like object or thing and juice is amazing like I love my juice business I don't see myself like giving that up at the moment um but I do believe it has just been a part of the beginning I think Um, that has a lot to do with your ministry I think that juice business is sort of your ministry and it's how God is sort of refining you or tooling you to bring you into the upper stages of your life Mm. I mean I don't think at the end of the day it's about juice I think at the end of the day it's about your connection with people and the ability you have to otherwise persuade people to be better and to do better and to want more and to want better for themselves and the reason why I say that is because that's how I feel about personal training Mm -hmm. I don't believe personal training is the only vehicle i believe it's just a vehicle and it's sort of been there to illustrate and rather identify or uncover what hidden talents i did have when it comes to if i have any when it comes to people and that's how he used me and that was sort of the ministry and i believe that ministry could live on and i could add to it the more um the IC fit, but it's not something that's going to, it's not the end all. I'm not going to retire from being a personal trainer when I'm 55 or 60. Yeah. But I, yeah, again, I think he's using sort of like you're on a lily pad. A lily pad is juice business and that's how he's using you, tooling you and refining you to be better for the upper stages that he wants to bring you into. But you have to graduate respectively from this specific lily pad the only way you do that is to endure all of the all of the ripple effects that are otherwise underneath you mm-hmm. you know and be able to still stay above water on that lily pad yeah that makes no, any sense no drowning here <laughs> i may not know how to swim but <laughs> yeah i mean you can get knocked off a pad but you better get the fuck back on it exactly <laughs> i agree so what does that look like for you do you think what are those upper stages look like for you i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you something and i want you to put it out there now what does the ultimate upper stage for you look like no one's listening no one's watching us it's just you and i talking what is that upper stage look like the thing that you suppress and probably have suppressed for years you don't think you're equipped for you don't think you're good enough for what is that stage what does that upper stage look like because we all have that stage in us but we almost never bring it to the forefront because we do not think we're adequate we do not think we're equipped we do not think we have what it takes But I know you have one. I know you have an upper stage. I know you have that thought. I know you have that. I know you otherwise have something that you suppress all the time Mm. because you don't think you're enough. 
So what does that look like? Writing those books. Writing books. Helping other women, other families walk through things that we've been through. Now, here's another question. Why do you think you're not good enough to write a book? It's not that I don't think I'm good enough. Okay, so why don't you think you're equipped yet to write a book? I don't, that's a good question. The book, there's been podcasts. Those two things have been back there for like the last three, four years. But it's, it's just been, again, I think it's been the pruning, just going through the pruning, you know. Do you know how good you are on social media? No. Very good on social media. And the reason why I say that is because when you first started coming out and posting stories, you're so consistent and you were so, what's the word? Artistic with it in the way that you would, you know, as, as much as Instagram allows you to be artistic with the different things that you can use in your story, but the way you did every story, the way you, the way you illustrated the story for your audience is very, very good, very artistic. And I mean, I follow a lot of people. I see a lot of stories day in and day out and yours stood out to me the most. And it wasn't because I have a bias towards you because I know you and I've been knowing you for years. It's and you're my friend. It wasn't that it was genuinely different. Good. So you're talking about doing a podcast. Do you know what a podcast is? A podcast is exactly what you do on your stories without any illustration. I'm not laughing at without, you. I know <laughs> you're not. With, well, it's so simple. It's stupid. That's probably why yeah. you're laughing. Yeah. It's everything except the doctoring of the story. And you don't even have to film it. You're doing exactly what you could be doing on a wider scale just in short format. So the reason why I contend with this like I am is because I've had people before ask me about starting a podcast and I don't understand why they just don't start. It's the dumbest, simplest thing you could do. And if you're doing one on a story or if you're speaking on a story, well, that's the same thing except for longer format. The only question is, how do I get started? What mic do I buy? What mixer, etc.? Do I film it? Do I not? Once you have that all dialed in, which that's not even hard, I could help you with that. Well, I mean, not me, my sound guy could help you with that. Once that's in rotation, then you carve out a day or two to do the podcast every week. And I would say at least two days a week to do a podcast. And they could be anything from five minutes to an hour or longer, whatever. The point is you start this thing because if you keep allowing this to be a dream or something that's so 
outstanding and takes on a level of identity that it shouldn't or a, a level of precedence that it shouldn't, you're going to never do this thing because it's going to keep growing and growing in intimidation hmm. to you. And you'll never end up to, if you didn't do it yesterday, what are the odds you're going to do it tomorrow? When this has been a three year long run, you need to just do it. It's not that hard. You do far more in your juice business and you do a lot with your stories. More than what's involved with doing a podcast. Again, if the, if the back end is taken care of, all of the back end work that people don't know goes into a podcast. Once you get all that dialed in and you have somebody that is well-versed in this, do it. And I can lead you towards that. You now just have to facilitate. But a funny thing happens when you start immersing yourself in something that's foreign. You end up adapting to the foreign. And you end up becoming better as a byproduct. And possibly practicing skills you didn't think were even there. Hmm. But unless you don't immerse yourself in the foreign... Well, you don't know how you're going to respond. But for all you know, it's going to be a benevolence in the response. There's going to be a benevolence in the response to the people that are hearing you and to you. But how will you know if you just don't start? Yeah. I'll tell you this. If you start it, Next week, I'll give you your first microphone. I have it. I'll give it to you. There's no excuses now for you not to do it. You'll start on the first mic I did. That would be an honor. <laughs> okay, but I'm not looking for the honor. I'm looking for you to do this shit because it's quite ridiculous that you haven't yet already yeah. given everything you've been through and everything you could extend to others on a much wider scale than just your Instagram. Yeah. I I agree with you. I know. I know. My husband bought me a book like four Christmases ago on how to start a podcast. So you don't need a book. Not been you don't a, need a book. I know it's been. And then, you know, we have ideas together of things we would do together. So it just needs to happen already. So I totally agree with you. And I take the the correction with love. So <laughs> I know you mean well. <laughs> and we need people to call, call us out in our life. We really do. Like these are the connections I love because we need the call out. You know, it's it's important. So all that's great that you just said. So it's thanks, great. friend. So great. I will start. Okay. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> I'm going to be home with my baby so much that I have no excuse. <laughs> that's one thing is is in this pregnancy, you might you might want to like tell your audience after you have or right before you have the kid, like I'm going to take a leave of absence for a little yeah. bit. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. But no, I'm actually home a lot more now because um, Thomas started... Like we're doing partial like charter school, homeschool. So that's a whole new thing I'm diving into. So I'm only really at the restaurant like one to two days now. 
just that just started recently. So, so at the restaurant, one to two days, are those days set in stone every week? Every Saturday. And then Sundays, um, I'll probably be taking on Sundays too. Okay. So Monday through Friday, what does that look like for you time wise? Um, doing kid stuff. So I know you train yeah. early in the morning, but then you do kid stuff later on in the day. I or- take, I take my daughter and then, um, Thomas will be on his campus for school two days a week in September. So I'll have two full days or not full days, but I'll have two openings and then through the week. It's just pick up drop offs to everything right now. I'm like a part ta- part time taxi driver. So right. <laughs> when does that when does that simmer down in the day for you? What time? Six, five. When does it simmer down? Uh, like two if I'm lucky, depending on sports. Two p.m. Yeah, it depends 2 PM. on sports, and then it picks back up. It's like an ebb and flow all day long. Okay, <laughs> so you have a grace period between two and what five? Like two and two six. Two and four. Two and four. Yeah. And then when's your next grace period? Like after you put the kids down, around eight. Sometimes, yeah. Okay, what I'm getting at is I'm needing you to carve out a time. To do the podcast so that's why i'm asking these questions because this is important yeah that you do this because it's not just the advent of you doing the podcast this is in terms based on who it can help because you're doing this for more than just you mm-hmm. so i'm asking these questions to center around a time that you could and you will do the podcast yeah now if later at night works better for you that's why I say when the kids go down or perhaps when you're in the muck and mire of everything and you're on ignited between two and four, maybe yeah, that's a better right time. right after the gym. That's when I'm really oh, yeah. like, when I'm after the right gym, after the I'm gym. like, and my daughter will be, once I drop her off at the bus, you know, I mean, I'll have my son certain times, but it's all new as we're starting school. But I know once I have things down, it's going to be a piece of cake. And just like the gym, it's a muscle, you know, it's like once I'm in a routine, I like that routine. Sure. Like my time has shifted with my workouts and it bothers me. Right. <laughs> I used to get about 430. Now it's like 5, 530. And then I'm like, I really miss that time. <laughs> but I got to rest up. So, yeah. And this is only, you know, we're talking two days a week. Yeah. That's a doable thing for you, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. We're going to talk more about this off mic. You're not getting off the leash with this. Oh, I know that. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I know you have a family to go back to, so I shouldn't keep you that much longer. But um, I am getting hungry. So, yes, me too. (laughs) Well, tell people where they can find you. Um, Whole.nesshealth. That's at its Instagram. Um, you could just reach out me, reach out to me there, and send me a DM, and yeah, I'll get back to you. Facebook, Twitter, nothing like that. No, I kind of tried to eliminate as much as I can. Yeah, Amen. Yeah, that's good. If it was, I swear, if it wasn't for this podcast, I would not have an Instagram. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care about Instagram. I fucking hate it, actually. If it was not for this podcast, I would not have it. There's a lot I like to learn from there, but 
other than that, I learned more from TikTok. And I don't even want to be on TikTok because that shit's addicting. Oh, my gosh. But I learn more from that app than I ever have on Instagram. Wow. I don't know why. Maybe it's because when I go on, I only look at it. The algorithm is very genius with TikTok. It's also very scary what they have, what they can tap into in terms of your other, like your devices and your, your data, your TikTok's a scary thing, okay? It's I don't all wanna, pretty scary. I don't want to get into that. Media. Yeah, I don't want to get into the to the scares of TikTok. You can research it if you like, but especially with their new terms of agreements that you sign to, it's very scary how much control or not control rather, how much they are able to tap into mm. in terms of your own personal data, etc. Yeah. Did you know that TikTok can if you have TikTok download on your phone and you're on a computer that's next to your phone, it can access the, the data that's on your computer even if you don't have TikTok download on your computer. So it's on my phone right now. If it's if I had anything on my computer, which this is all podcast stuff on my computer, it would pick it up. It could pick it up. It could access it if it wanted to. That's scary. But I don't want to get into that. Anyways, but what I'm saying is uh, TikTok in and of itself. I guess what I view. It's only sort of developmental derived, you know, mm-hmm. and that's typically all it will give me and, and or funny clips, like funny, stupid shit. You know, <laughs> I love that. It's so funny. There's some of that shit on there. Some of those people on there are talented. Yeah. Some of the people are talented and some of the people are not. I looked up Cody Balboa. Mm-hmm. I only know him through like a mutual friend relative but then when you interviewed him i went and looked up some of his stuff i was laughing I was so like, oh funny He's but i'm never like i don't really try to spend any time other than what i do for my stuff and then i try to not be you know get in the habit of scrolling but if i find some good information or like education stuff i can't help but like kind of dive into that um my husband's the one who's really good at like he has a timer. I think he actually deleted all his social media. I think he had Facebook for like marketplace. But other than that, he's like not very on smart. right now. Very smart, man. Yeah, very <laughs> smart. I, it t- yeah, TikTok will suck me in if I'm not careful. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have to like put a cap on it. I have to. A timer. But it's it's more it's one of those things where I, I literally tap into when I'm bored. Instead of watching TV, I'll watch that. And... Yeah, it's not good though. Anyways, it's <laughs> <laughs> a whole other topic. So, anyways, okay. So, social media, wholeness, health. DM you. Yeah. They have any questions? Or they want to get in touch with you? Yeah, find me at Kennedy Club. Kennedy Club Fitness. We could go on a hike. I need some girlfriends to go on a hike right now because I need some hikes in my life. But there you go. Reach out, yeah. please. Yeah. Wholeness health. Okay. Well. Until next time, we'll do this thing in another few months or so. Be ready. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for and It's always me. an honor to have you. Oh, it's an it honor. It is. Here. It is. It truly Thank is. You. I really, really love you. I Thank appreciate you. you, Justin. Done.